0: Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. We have some better fans to do it in your city.
1: The power of home
2: represents something. The DMV like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talked about, Maryland pride, it's real. The way
1: we gonna play with Marilyn pride, please. The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up, And he got it! And the
0: Terrapins win at the buzzer! ho! Oh!
3: Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, oh, what a play by Fias. Holy cow! Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State.
4: Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. The kids have done
2: it!
0: Maryland wins their first ever national championship holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the Let's Let's go! Felix! Let's go! Felix! Let's go! Let's go, let's go,
1: let's go Be
3: not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness.
1: Others host college sports and recruiting podcasts.
0: You're listening to
1: IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France.
0: All the momentum gone just like that, with a couple of bad extra point calls from the officials. It's all gone. It, was it's great,
4: not. it looked so obvious, and the announcers were so over the top about it, but when you look at it on replay, it was really close. I think it was off sides. It was close, but you know what? I mean, they, they have gotten some bad calls. It, 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 there's no question, but three straight turnovers, no points. That's what got them. You get three straight turnovers against a good offensive team in one quarter. You got to get, get a field goal, get something out of it, right?
1: It was tough, man. I mean, Purdue, honestly, even more than Michigan, I think that was the first team – Defense that was really able to stop Maryland's offense from doing much of anything when it mattered. Um, and that's that's tough, it's gonna happen. I think they're a better team than their record, and that was a bit of a concern coming in, but you didn't know, yeah. Um, you know, and Maryland just kind of crapped the bed, and then they got some really bad breaks again. And you'd like to think eventually those things start to make up for themselves as the season goes along, but boy, I mean either one of those two calls goes the other way you're at home and you're in overtime. And, you know, I feel pretty good in that situation, which with Ryland back there, it's just, that's just a real dagger. And, you know, again, yes. Was glazed downfield? Sure. He was what he was freaking 50 yards away from the play affecting nothing. It's just a shit call. And then, you know, the offsides, was he, was it not, was it closer than it should have been, than, than we all thought? Yes. Was he still offsides? Yes. Pretty much. And everybody on the goddamn field was just standing around, including that guy. Like he just kind of stood up at one point and just kind of threw his arm over to, you know, to try and go after the kick because everybody was like, oh, of course that guy's offside. Yeah. Um, except the refs. So
2: are...
1: I, I just, there's been a, there's been a, 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 a an attitude uh, in, in Terp fandom about how, you know, you can't blame the refs. You should blame Maryland. They should have scored the points. You know what? I can blame both. <laughs> Maryland should have Maryland should never been in that position to begin with. And the refs also sucked, and they have sucked for them all year long. And, you know, turning that W into an L sucks. I don't think all the momentum is gone,
4: but but it sure puts some pressure on them the next two weeks. Five and one would have been a whole – five and one looks pretty – you know, immaculate if you could get there. Five and one would have been, you know, then you setting yourself up for all kinds of possibilities. There's so good possibilities, but you needed to roll this, roll, roll through this little three or four game stretch with wins. And I mean, I think they'll beat Indiana. Watch, they'll probably get makeup calls this weekend when they don't need them, right? Or should not need them? I shouldn't say won't. They might need them. I, I was guys, gonna. I don't know. Indiana is is horrendous. I think Maryland wins
0: by. It's a road game. In, yeah, I would, the Big I actually, I
1: weirdly, I weirdly feel better about, um, about the Indiana game uh, now that they lost this game than if they had won that game. You know, set themselves up for uh, a possible trap game. But uh, that's that's how my
3: that's how my brain works.
0: Yeah, but it's a road game, and Indiana used this game as their chance to get to a bowl. This is their. They've got to beat Maryland to get to a bowl. Everyone. Yeah in that range, that's the, they're going to get Maryland's their chance.
4: And they've given Maryland tough games slash losses pretty much throughout Maryland hasn't really been able to blow them out regardless of the situation. You know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's always been a pretty tough game. Um, regardless of where either team is. I, I'm, I'm not like super sure they're going to win that game. They should win that game. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, More than anything, I mean, people talk about the defense and the defense has not been great in first halves. They usually come out in the second half and have found an answer. And they did really against Purdue, too, for except for that last drive. But the offense just it still feels like something just isn't quite clicking right. And I I can't tell what it is. And I'd love to hear uh, what our guest tonight uh, has to say about that, because he's seen all this stuff, too, and he has a little more intricate knowledge than I do.
0: Already starting to get some good comments in, in the chat room. I have to bring up one. And, and this is on the back of a comment that was made on the Maryland, the 24-7 sports.com message board. Illabo says, I just love the intro. It's so damn corny. <laughs> not corny, is it? Corny might not be the, the word I would use. No, but there was also a comment uh, this past year. There was week. a
1: comment about the length. The, which it is long. It is long. long. It's,
0: it's a long intro and it might be too long, but so many people just freaking love the intro and I do. I never get tired of watching it. So I'm going to leave it. You, you see on your, on your podcast thing. I mean,
1: I mean, look, I'm not big into the what, what podcast. Is that the
0: scuffled podcast?
1: This is, this is the scuff podcast. It's a soccer nerd podcast, but, oh. but you see, they got these little, these little things. Or 30 seconds. Oh, you just, oh, now 30 seconds forward. Oh, look at another 30. Oh, another 30. All right, now we're talking. Like, yeah. come on, people. Hit it four I mean,
0: times if you want to.
1: Right. I mean, it's it's about two minutes long, so if you don't like the freaking intro, that's fine. But, like, yeah. everybody else likes it, so shut your ass up.
0: Also, our good buddy Thomas Wentz is in, in the chat room. Tom, what's up, brother? Yeah, he said when we were talking hey, about hey. the penalty calls, his he had a one-word comment that sums it up perfectly. Rage. <laughs> I was yeah, pretty mad. Pretty I was pretty mad. I was I was pretty sad about that and angry and, and the
4: two-point conversion flag came like the ref just waited till like after the play and it was like a delayed ah oh, what the hell like almost he's like, he like he saw the touchdown and then he and then he threw it. Well there then, is
0: some reason for that because if Leah runs then it's not a penalty, but still there's so many things that could have just gone the other way. And they're going to overtime. Yeah. I mean, so that was, many.
1: And it wasn't even after he threw the ball. It was like after he threw the ball, Rat caught it. They started celebrating. And then a flag came out. It was my, way I, late. It was really it was incredibly late. Like he got a buzz from New York or something. I like, uh, I had my. No, no. Um, from Indianapolis. Yeah. From, yeah, from wherever the <laughs> Chicago, right? Oh, Chicago. Um, yeah. So Dave, like Dave
0: Redson was texting him. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sin, he's, he's a he's he's a fan. We um, had him on the
0: show twice. Yeah, no, I you love him. I love him. Def- um,
1: you know, I had my uh, I had my 10 year old with me in the suite. And uh, and, <laughs> you know, uh, my wife and I are very, very, uh, you know, very blue at home. So like he's heard he's heard us say some words before. But that tirade I went on after that flag, I think he, he saw he saw a new light in his daddy that day because, boy, I was I was letting him have it.
0: Has the Big Ten said anything about it? No, they Who won't. Who gives There's a shit d- anyway? What's it matter?
4: If they were going to say something, it would have been about the interception at
0: Michigan. I thought they did say that. Didn't they say they that? It, I never no. saw
4: anything.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: <sighs> I don't think that's how they roll. Yeah. But it's frustrating.
1: It. It's, you know, it, and, and the thing is, and I, I think it's a good point here that, you know, if this is the year for Maryland or things are really coming together for them to break out, I mean, you know, that one win difference between say a seven win team and an eight win team or potentially an eight win team and a nine win team, like that means a lot to a program of Maryland stature. Yep. So, you know, it just, it you know, if it's difference between six and seven, okay. You know, but I mean, it just it just hurts. And Maryland has got such a hill to climb in this freaking conference. You know, it's just really kind of soul crushing to see that even be a factor in a game like that, you know, when yeah, Maryland's got so many other things to in, in their way to being a competitive program here. Just it really just kind of it's just a kick in the nuts and it sucks. You know, you really just wish it'd be decided on the field. And you know, have you
0: ever Paul, do you coach youth sports?
1: No, I, I, I would think probably so. get arrested if I did something yeah, like that.
0: I was just going to say, Jeff, I know you do. When that stuff happens to you when you're coaching, what do you do?
4: I try not to be that guy yelling at the ref, but I definitely but- almost – I've almost <laughs> been kicked out a couple times, yeah. I've been, It's real awkward, too, because the gym will just get real silent. You got some, like, 60-year-old dude who's just refing for, like, 25 bucks a game <laughs> for the cardio – like one more out of you when you're out. But usually, usually I don't, you know, I try not to be that guy, but sometimes it's hard, man, in the heat of the battle and that's just youth sports, you know, imagine yeah. you got to raise that, you know, there's a lot more at stake obviously on that level, but I,
0: I've seen, well, Paul, we were talking pre-show in the pre-show about your adult softball league. And that gets, those adult leagues get you can't you can't mess
4: with softball
1: it gets heated dude
4: have you had any softball bro is a whole different breed have you had a bench clearing brawl yet
1: we've had that i've seen that i've seen um i've seen guys challenge uh an ump to a fight in the parking lot i've seen an ump (laughs) challenge a guy to (laughs) it yeah to, to a fight in the parking lot i've seen some weird stuff man like that's that stuff gets heavy
0: we were I was in the soccer league. This is about five years ago. I don't play anymore. I'm too old. I'm broken. But we were we were pretty good. We we're in the playoffs, and we were in the semifinals. And this guy on the other team's being a complete ass. He and our goalie like collided on one of those ones where they're both running, and he screams, "You you touch me again, I'll knock your head off!" And our goalie headbutted him. <laughs> and then he goes ref, like that he said you touch me getting like your head up and then as soon as you me, he, he screamed the ref well that was once an incident of five minutes later he was chippy with one of our other players and our player chased him down in the center box and just took him out i mean <laughs> hardcore attacking him bench is clear and everything is going crazy and our goalie who was a complete asshole OK, like I almost hated having him on the team. And it was very good. He comes running from the goalie box to the center circle, fly over top of the, the pile of people all together and does flying Superman. Did not connect,
3: but <laughs> flying,
0: swinging. and I was uh I wasn't near the center circle. I play forward. So I was not near it. And I came out, I was one of the people on the outside, like holding the other guy's jersey. And the guy was holding mine kind of thing, like on the outsir- outskirts. And then to top it the-
1: up, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was just no. like a hold me back. Like get you, you go to, no, a, no
0: buddy. I wasn't pretending that I wanted to be in the middle of it. <laughs> it's just what you do. Like you make sure you are kind of paired off. You're making sure this other guy's not,
1: no, I just, I can't, I can't not think of that beautiful story from you in the, in the stands, telling the guy to go to H.
0: Yeah. Go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um- <laughs> So the best part, this is the playoffs, the semifinals. So it goes to penalty kicks. Sorry for this tangent, but it's great. We go to This penalty is the, non, the non-rev segment tonight. <laughs> yes, yes. We go to penalty kicks, and that guy, nobody got thrown out, by the way, including our goalie who came in through a paymaker. They come in. The guy comes up, and we were winning 3-1, and they needed it. It was very close to the end of it. And their guy comes up, and our goalie, Matt, saved it. <laughs> he, and he picks up the ball, walks up to the guy within a foot of him and slams the ball as hard as he can on the ground. So it bounces up, almost hits the guy in the face. And he goes, oh, yeah, like <laughs> in his face like that. And I was like, oh, here we go again. But they're going to do it again. The guy just walked off. But yeah, anyway, that's my. Time
4: I was ready to throw down. I think it was two years ago. Some kid just blindsided my, son, just shoved him from behind in basketball to the yeah. floor and he, like crumpled up in pain and i i you know when it's your kid it's a whole different story yeah. right and so yeah. i was letting it fly and the dude came up to me he's like i'm his dad and i and i was like i was ready right then he's like <laughs> he was like i agree he, he gotta stop doing that shit i'm not gonna let him play the rest of the year like, okay so he said the we're right good. thing <laughs> yeah yeah because he was real close to me and i and i was incredibly filled with rage and adrenaline at the moment
0: (laughs) yeah that was the only time what was yours paul were you involved in it or you just saw
4: it
1: no i i had uh well in this in the softball stuff no i i I, i'm i mean i'm i'm a bit of a hothead but like i know where my line is and i i coached for a while too so like i just i say what i say and then when i'm done i'm done you know because a lot of times they'll make up calls for you too if they like they know you don't. Yeah. If you don't, you don't take it over the line. Like you will get one back. Cause a lot of times they know when they screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, And then with the, with the, with the brawls, man, no, nah, I just stood on the sideline. I'm, you know, grabbed a beer. I'm not interested in all that. My my face is Me too neither. pretty to be getting in fights, man. <laughs> too old for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I want to go back and play again, but then I'm like, I don't know.
1: I love playing ball, man. <laughs> We're supposed to play tonight, 8.30, 9.30, but mm. Nope. Yeah, I'm we, tired.
0: I, I used to be okay at softball too. We were talking about that too. The we had the uh, the, we had the IMS, suck,
1: uh, yeah, the IMS uh, softball challenge a number of years back, yeah. right? Suckboard versus versus sportsboard. Sportsboard.
0: I was on the suckboard team.
1: So was I. Yeah, we yeah. we were teammates a couple times. I yeah. I, I think we won most team. of those, didn't we?
0: I don't remember who won.
1: I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. See, we were doing weird internet guy stuff like years before these young kids. Yeah. Like, you know, before now period. it's like, yeah, now it's like, you know, hey, they're dating online. They're meeting randos on trips and stuff. You know, we were doing this stuff forever ago.
0: Innovators, hey, really. Do you remember the Orange Bowl trip and the hoagie hot tub picture?
1: I wasn't there, but I, I was
0: there. Yeah. And, and there is the infamous episode of me walking out on my balcony naked. Well, everybody's in the courtyard of the hotel. You remember this? I don't remember that.
1: I I remember the uh, the um, the Gator Bowl and the uh, the poopy jeans that got left in the team hotel bathroom.
0: I don't uh, remember that,
1: that. Yeah, that was a whole ah. other. All right, we got it. We got to have like a special episode where we just tell stories <laughs> just about tell stories. You know, old stuff. People are literally
4: <laughs> jumping out of their window right now. Listening. Yeah,
1: I know. Talk, or maybe talk. maybe maybe going down there on their balconies naked just in, in tribute.
0: I I I did it. And I announced the entire courtyard that I was naked too, and everybody was, uh, let's say, surprised. Oh, no, we'll just nobody, say that was the
4: reaction.
1: Eh, nobody could see anything. It was fine.
0: Did anybody hit you? <laughs> did anybody hit you with the Jeffrey cooler? <laughs> no. Thomas Wentz in the chat said he he uh, he owns the Pete Rose slide, so that's his contribution to the, <laughs> to, to the sports uh, physical it. violence. Anyway, okay, sorry. So Loxley should have just had sent his team out for a brawl. There you go. That's what I think I,
1: somebody did somebody did post um uh, on the on the inside dot message boards after the game that uh, they were reading Loxley's lips and apparently he told one of the refs that you fucked us. Yeah, and, yeah, and and honestly, I'm glad that he did because he he has kind of an all shucks kind of you know kind of uh, mentality about this stuff. Like I'm kind of mad. I'm kind of happy he got mad because. You know, this stuff's got to stop. And I know part of it's not like there's a don't get me wrong. There's not like a big anti-Maryland ref conspiracy going Isn't on. Isn't there? No, no, that's bullshit. What happens is generally good teams get the calls, right? Teams. Why are did Purdue get a call then? I don't know. They just they could just suck and be fluke. incompetent. It's a fluke. But, like, the Michigan stuff, I completely believe it's just like, oh, it's Michigan. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. They're, 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 they're tough red.
1: and they're well coached and they're, you know, they don't commit penalties. You yeah. know, it's, it's just a it, – it, most of it's incompetence and stupidity and, you know, home crowds af- affecting things. And Maryland doesn't Was get those breaks. Home? No, Maryland doesn't get those breaks a lot of times. They're the new guy in the conference. They've been a terrible – they've been a terrible P5 football program for decades. I mean, that's what we are. Just own it. It is what it is. We're trying to fix it, and we need we don't <laughs> we don't need the help uh, from the refs going against us. That's for sure. And but it's just one more obstacle on the way. It it just is what it is. Nobody's going to change it. No, you know, sternly worded letter to the Big Ten headquarters is going to change it. You just got to fight through it and keep finding wins. So,
0: and find a way. the last time. They weren't a shitty power five program. Our guest was on the team at that time. That's right. One of the best three-year stretches in the history of the school, I will say second best behind 51 to 53, where they they won a national championship, and then the other year they went undefeated, where they would have won a national championship had the voting happened after after the bowl games. Right. But in 51... Had the voting happened after yeah. the bowl games, they wouldn't have won it. They were only getting one natty. They deserved the one way or the other. Yeah, wouldn't it have been Maryland's luck though had they switched it in between, and they got zero. But they did not. Maryland got one. That was probably the best three year stretch. There's other three. Years. They won three straight titles in the 70s, I think, and three straight in the early mid, 80s. Mid
1: mid 80s, uh, early mid 80s was a pretty good pretty good stretch too. I mean, the the one thing you can take the one the one The one kind of down point to the to the Ralph early years was that they couldn't quite beat the big, the big program. You know, like they had a lot of wins against a lot of good, you know, top twenty-five solid programs. They couldn't beat Florida State. They couldn't beat Florida. They couldn't beat Notre Dame. Like that was like the one thing that kind of held that stretch back a little bit. If you're talking historically, right? Also, while
4: you're talking historically, I want to give a shout shout out to Bob. uh, Bob Sullivan. So we did an article recently, Jonathan Morris wrote it about the hardest records to break in Maryland history. And it was a really good list. And this is one you could easily overlook, but Bob Sullivan, uh, who played in Maryland in the 60s, had 10 picks in a 10 game season. Jesus. So he, he sent me a note mentioning that. And yeah, we should have. Wow. We uh, meant, Cause that's amazing. 10. Picks. That's fantastic. And they never, never threw the ball back then. Yeah. And he, he, he mentioned that too. So that's, this guy was a ball hawk this is go back. ahead bob back our guest early 60s so shout out bob sullivan if our you, guest you, has a record. podcast listener which
0: is you know we'll see bob sullivan
1: congratulations Bob sullivan.
0: our guest has a record not just a maryland record an ncaa record that is going to be difficult for anybody to break as well four punt return touchdowns in a single season in 2002 yeah, that's awesome. incredible, Steve Suter. By the way, I don't even know if I said his name. He's and he's also he's uh, he's the color analyst for the Maryland Terrapins radio network. He does the games with Johnny. Four punt return touchdowns in a season in two thousand two. That is tied for the NCAA. Yeah, best it's
1: it's, it's tied with a few
4: people, right?
1: Like, but still, um, but he it's, it's a crazy.
0: Day.
4: He was so fast. He would have been in the NFL if he didn't have. I I have, his, I have his.
0: I have his his 40 yard dash time that will be coming up maybe in the fill in the blank section. We'll get to that little foreshadowing there. Yeah. He,
1: I will say the, I, and I don't want me to disrespect my guy cause he was awesome, uh, but he did have that like cone rule back then. That's not still in effect anymore. Right. Where they actually, had
0: to... I was going to ask him. I thought for a while they had the rule where you were not allowed the fair catch. Do you remember that?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that. I don't maybe remember it was that. just
0: the NFL. Yeah. There was a, there was a, Period. It may have only been a couple of years where punt returners and kick returners were not allowed to fair catch.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't think someone in the
0: chat looked that up for me.
1: I don't think you. I don't think you could fair catch a kickoff. I'm I'm pretty certain you could always fair catch a punt. But
0: I'm telling you, I I think. Am I completely off my rocker? Please, in the chat, there's not a ton of guys. Somebody look it up for me. There was a period of time where that rule was in place where you could not fair catch.
1: Yeah. I just remember, I remember from that period, it was that it was when that cone rule started where like you had to give the punt returner like two yards or something. And Suter was so good at catching the ball and then just making that first move and make that first guy miss. And he was freaking. Maybe, maybe the cone
0: rule was in conjunction with the no fair catch. rule.
1: Maybe, I don't know. Again, that was, that was a long time ago, man. You're asking a lot of my, my brain power here.
0: It was a long time ago. I had to rewatch, watch the 2004 Gator Bowl to just kind of remember the game. I mean, I remember Man. that they crushed him and I remember his, he had a punt return for a touchdown in that game. The convoy, and that was amazing. But I didn't remember there were a couple other there. uh There were a couple other great plays he made in that. So I'm going to ask him about that too, by the way. But.
1: Yeah, that that yes. was a, that was a good time, man. That was a good time, good trip. I mean that we we didn't know that was the end. <laughs> I mean, I guess it wasn't the end, but uh, there were some other decent end of seasons. The, yeah
4: the end of the ten win kind of season.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 Champ Sports Bowl season was fun. You know the Ralph's last year oddly was was fairly nine fun. and four, right? Yeah, um,
0: He's The
4: Coach of the Year and Kevin yeah. Anderson fired him. <laughs> And then still, hired Randy Ed.
1: Well, you know, good to great, right? That's, that's I, exactly of how it worked I tweeted out.
4: this uh, the other day. I thought of him because I saw on ESPN they were talking about Matt Rule getting fired by the Panthers. And what they were the guy was saying, I can't remember which reporter it was, was that he was a Tom Coughlin disciple, and he thought that hard ass coaching style would work and it turned the players off. I thought, hmm, that's that. eerily familiar.
1: <laughs> and, and the thing is, that's the NFL. So it, it makes sense. You know, it works in college if you win. Yeah. And if
4: you definitely. know what you're
1: doing. I mean,
4: I, I'm a, mediocre and be an asshole. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> that'd Nick's gonna be great.
1: Nick Saban's a hard ass. Guess what? He wins football games, right? So they're willing to put
4: up with that crap. But he's a hard-ass in real effective ways, not like platitudes and BS so you can show people that you're old school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but
1: that that your, old your, your
4: st- earrings in the building and all that
1: yeah, yeah the like the like you know no do rags like it's it's just that's just performative bullshit i mean hey you know.
0: steve is here let's let him in we, and all by right. the way we will be getting to basketball i know that people want basketball recruiting one thing in very particular we'll get to that after steve but steve Suter is joining us right now so let's let him in the chat room steve's iphone there he is. I don't know if he can hear us yet. I got I, you. How you doing, Steve? I'm good, man. We were just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, are, what, are, what, are, what are we drinking? <laughs> He's got the we margarita.
2: This is my classic. This is almost Monday through Thursday. My daughter's dance. Monday through Thursday and on Sunday. Luckily, there's a nice spot attached to the dance studio that serves this beautiful what they call a fishbowl margarita
0: nice it looks like a, a little a, that's yeah. incredibly lucky. it's a fishbowl
2: it's, yeah. it's like a fishbowl right they used to they used to put a Swedish fish in there like oh really touch. so yeah, it looks like yeah so they don't you, they took it out I'm upset about that
0: you have time for one drink and then you go pick her up and head home right usually yeah yeah see I'm, I'm very familiar with this because my son did a lot of that musical theater so I was Always taking them yes. to rehearsals and things. I, and same thing. There was always my favorite place right by there, yeah. so.
3: It's so
0: intact. I mean, this, this, lessons, this place. Is is... She ever just, does she ever just go like that and take off trying to dodge
4: people just out of, like, <laughs> the netting <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh,
2: so, uh,
0: so She's two, got the Steve Suter moves.
2: Yeah, I have two daughters, and they both are dancing. And they would, I mean, they're, they're probably above average athletically, so they would fare well in the sports world, but... <laughs> Not the, the the mother is all in on dance, and they <laughs> just took after her. And I just, I felt like, hey, I'm not. You
0: lost.
1: This. Yeah. You, you smile <laughs> and you smile and you drink your margarita. That's yeah,
2: what yeah. Doing. I used to. I used to not like it as much, but then the margaritas started flowing. So, I said, all right.
0: what what are they doing? Ballet? Is it ball- They're doing
2: all of it, right? So they're tap, jazz, they're all of it. So, yeah. my, Like my oldest is 12. She's five to nine most nights because they got to do an hour yep. on each discipline.
3: Yep. So wow. the
2: wife and I are alternating back and forth. It's crazy. I mean, we're just, we're here every night. I mean, this, this place has had, I probably spent $20,000 in this restaurant.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make make <laughs> Look, you miss two days, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. Look, when it's for your kids, man, it's all worth it. So,
2: right. Yeah. That's what they say.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what, they say. <laughs> that's what we're told,
4: right? <laughs> we're yeah, told. Exactly.
0: Steve, I looked it up online. We were talking about, this. we weren't sure what your title was, but umterps.com says you are the color analyst for the Maryland Terrapins radio network. So how's that going for you spending time with Johnny being the, being a color guy with him?
2: It's pretty cool. It's I have I have no training for it. I wasn't even aware that it was a possibility. I mean, I always kept my foot in the door. I was doing the pre and post game show when I first got done playing just to try and get my angle of attack there in the radio scene because I kept hearing rumors that there was going to be an opening and then it just got of I kept getting kind of passed over. And then they, of course, right. They go with Scott McBride cause he's the quarterback. Right. <laughs> so I get it. You got to go with that kind of name. And then they go with Lamont <laughs> Jordan cause he's the best running back to ever play. Okay. I get it. So ironically, I'm in the Dominican Republic two years ago. I'm on vacation with my family and friends and I get a call from Johnny and I'm at this time, I'm like 12 margaritas deep, right? Because I'm in the Dominican Republic. And he says, hey, we need a guy because, because of COVID. There's some protocols that got put in place that not everybody was abiding to. So they needed a guy in a pinch. And he's like, hey, can you do it? And I was like, uh, well, can I call you back? Because I've been drinking margaritas all day. I need to you know, do some logistics here, figure out if it's going to make sense. Obviously, woke up the next morning, called him the next day. And I said, yeah, man. So, it's really how it started and how it's gone. No practice. I then called him after the contract stuff all got linked up. I said, hey, Johnny, uh, should we meet up for lunch? Maybe you give me your do's and don'ts on what you want me to do, what you don't want me to do. And he's like, ah, nah, don't worry about it. Just show up. You'll be fine. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really just throwing me to the wolves. West, that West Virginia game last year was my first game ever doing color commentary.
0: Good game I for probably, you. Good team for you to start against.
2: Oh, it was great. Yeah. So, so great. So, that's that's good because I think a lot of the audience probably likes the passion that I have towards the university and then specifically towards West Virginia. But I also know it's still a professional type atmosphere that I'm supposed to portray. So, I, I had a hard time there in my first game, not knowing how much emotion I should show. But it was hard, it was hard to fight it back because I I just don't like those guys. So Johnny, I couldn't help Johnny it. Johnny like, it's
4: hey, Steve, stop clapping, man. You can't. You yeah, can't right.
2: <laughs> so you, you you can't see it, right? It'd be great if you had a camera on me. John I'm I'm learning, right? I need to let Johnny finish the call before I chime in and do any type of analysis. But I'm either like during the play, I can see what's about to happen. So you'll see me like if there was a camera on me, I'd be like, throwing my hands up I won't say touchdown but I'm throwing my hands up and I'm letting Johnny try to call it because I can see it happening or you know I get fired up for a fumble or something so that's been the biggest challenge is just knowing when I can talk when I can't talk I gotta let Johnny do what Johnny does and then try to vibe off him so it's been a learning experience but it's been fun I mean he's a legend he's he's just so good in transitions of going in and out of a play or or in an interview to out of an interview, that's the stuff that I'm, I'm really in awe of, of Just how smooth he can open a segment coming off a commercial and it's just rolling off his tongue. And I'd be like, what do I, what should I say here? What should I say here? But he has nothing like that. It just, it just flows out of him.
4: Steve, what's your thoughts on the first half of the season? Obviously everybody, you know, Vegas set the wins total at five or whatever it was. I think we all knew that that was low. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, you know, you get that win last week, you're five and one, so that was a little disappointing. So, in general, at the halfway point now, what are your thoughts?
2: They should be six and oh, they should be six and oh. They were the better team for most of the game in Michigan. I'm watching it on the field, they were the better team. You can't just give the guys a touchdown to start off the game, you can't do that. And then the two interceptions that Leah threw uncharacteristic of him. Yes, one of them should have been challenged and probably should have been overturned and not a pick. And they were up 13 to 10 at that point with the momentum. They're probably going in there to make it 20 to 10. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. They don't give up that touchdown at the end of the half on that run with 22 seconds left. Dude, they're 6-0. and And it's so it's frustrating and also, I guess, satisfying in the same hand, if that makes any sense, right? Because you can see that they have Everybody's talked about can they make the next step? I think they've made the next step. I think they're a team that compete, can compete in the second tier of the Big Ten for sure. And you'll probably go 50-50 there, right? So I, I it'd be hard for me to break down the teams that should be in the second tier of the Big Ten, but Purdue was one of them. Obviously, the top tier teams, right? Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State We'd probably put those four in the top tier. They're gonna play good ball games against all of those teams. Ohio State. Maybe outclass us. Okay, fine. So you're, you're behind one team. But you can, you can win any game this year in that second tier. Purdue was one. That's why it meant so much to me. I thought it was the biggest game on the schedule, regardless of Penn State, regardless of Ohio State, regardless of Michigan or Wisconsin, because Purdue was a game against what you want to be your equal. You want to take the next step because you've been in the bottom, right? You want to go to the next tier and show that you can win in the next tier, and Purdue would have been that game. And we all – I'm not – I'm saying everybody watched the game, but they should have beat them too. They – oh, man, the third quarter is in Michigan and the third quarter in Purdue just cost that team the football game from an offensive perspective. The defense shut Michigan out in the third quarter and the offense put up no points. The defense shut out Purdue in the third quarter and got three turnovers and the offense produced no points. So that was disappointing because offense is supposed to lead this team this year. And too many times they've gone quiet. And with that being said, they're four and two. And they're going to be favored. Well, they are favored this week. They're going to be favored against Northwestern. If they win both of these games, Indiana and Northwestern, I mean, there's not – it's not out of the realm to say they won't be favored against Wisconsin at Wisconsin. That would be five straight games in the Big Ten that Maryland's favored to win. I'd say that's taking the next step.
4: Hey, Steve, two
1: things I've noticed into one each for offensive defense has been on defense. It seems like they've struggled coming out of the gate. First half has been a little bit rough, but they've been really good at making uh, corrections and fixing stuff in the second half. Whereas on offense, it's kind of the opposite. Right. They've got those scripted drives coming out. You know, they almost always score on the first or second drive. And then you get these kind of points where things don't seem to click right. What are your thoughts on both sides of the ball right now? What they could fix? What, what's going wrong there?
2: So your point's well taken. And what you're observing is also correct. And it's always been, and this isn't just Maryland, right? This is all football. The X's and O's that you adjust at halftime are coach related. And then you always want to see how you produce in the second half. What, what have you prepared for before the game? Then you go through the first half and then what was wrong? What, what did you prepare, prepare for that you didn't need to? Or what did the opponent do that threw you off? And then how can you adjust knowing that they're going to adjust too, right? That's such a chess match. So my hat goes off to Brian Williams, the defensive coordinator. He has adjusted. Their second half defense is light years better than their first half defense, just like you pointed out. And I got to say it's got to be a combination of two things. One – He's making great X and those judge uh, changes at halftime. That has to ha- That has to be happening. I don't know if the players are all seeing that, but the players, the, the second part of that is the players, I don't want to say they're not ready to play. Maybe they're over anxious to play, and that can hurt you, which I've seen on a on a couple of games. Teams have come out and started on play action with us, and the defense is just full tilt trying to stop the run. And there's a guy wide open for 15 yards, and boom, the, the offense is off into the running. Cause once you get that first play, it feels good. You execute it. You get in a rhythm. So that's, that's been an issue. I don't know how to correct it. I don't, and I don't know if I'm Brian Williams, how I would correct that. Do you, do you tell your guys, I don't know, like, like how, do you tell them not to get up for the game? Do you, do you listen to like some jazz relaxing music? I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure what you're supposed to do. Right. Cause it's all like a mentality thing. It seems like in the beginning game, I, I think they're probably over eager and they have to figure out a balance of how to balance their emotions to start the game on offense. It's the opposite. Just like you said. And I don't want to say, I don't want to put it all on Danny. You know, as, as far as maybe his exes' and Os aren't as good adjusting as they were last year to this year. And that could happen. I mean, you can lose the feel of what you're trying to do guys. Guys in the Big Ten now have twelve games on Dan Enos, right? Now you got now you got stats behind you. So, no matter how good you think you are in calling plays, there's statisticians watching film. They're they're getting tendencies on you, and that's probably happening on him. And maybe he's not all the way aware of it. But it, you just would you just would they've done too many third quarter where they just fall apart and they just no offensive production. And that just, you're just not going to win games like that. And, and the two biggest games they played, Michigan, they scoreless in the third, Purdue, scoreless in the third. That's, it's tricky, right? If you call a play and it works because the players execute it, you look like a genius. If you call the play and one or two players don't execute the play during the play and it doesn't work, They're like, this guy can't call plays. So I get the conundrum he's in. But y'all, when I'm watching the game, I think sometimes maybe he gets too cute on first down because he has a plethora of plays. When all this team does, all this team needs to do, sorry, Maryland, is to stay ahead of chains. Like a a three-yard gain or a four-yard gain on first down for this team is good. Is then he could open his playbook up on second and six. He could call a run. He could call a pass. But when you try to call a fancy, and maybe I'm I'm being too harsh on him. But it may, when you try to call a pass on first down that doesn't work, now you're second and ten. Then this Maryland offense has had a hard time overcoming a second and ten. So I I think sometimes you should just try to be a little bit more simple. So that's well, just that was and
1: sense. that was Purdue. They were behind the chains all game, and that was all game,
2: right. That was it. They couldn't run the they couldn't run the ball, which was disappointing. I thought they I didn't think they would have that much of a problem running the ball against Purdue, and they did. But he also was running the ball mostly on second down.
1: So and try go, try right, to allow those go, swing passes and get, get guys in space on the outside. Right, so and Purdue, are, those, Purdue ate that up.
2: Yeah, if you if you miss on your pass play on first down and you're second and ten, I don't know the stats specifically, but. Enos is probably 80% run the ball next play. And if I know that without even looking at the stats, the teams know that. They know that. The, the <laughs> opponents know that, right? So okay, you tried me on you tried me on a pass, it didn't work. You're second and ten. I know you're gonna run the ball. Now I'm gonna load the box up and you're only gonna get four yards, and now you're third and six. And I'm if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm winning. Now I'm winning. And that's just like a percentage play. So Hopefully he'll just take a look at it, and and they'll blow everybody out for the remaining of the season.
0: Hopefully, <laughs> we are speaking with the all-time leader in punt return yardage at the University of Maryland, Steve Suter. Let's go. We were also talking <laughs> about your NCAA record that may never get broken: for punt return touchdowns in a single season. That's right, Steve Suter. Steve, the fan base, particularly on the InsideMarylandSports.com message board, been talking a lot about the attendance and the apathy of the fan base in general. And you've been uh pro you've been involved with the program now in multiple capacities for many years. And things aren't where we want them to be right now. How do you see that turning around? What can happen? Is it just win? Just no. that's it. Just yep.
4: win. Yep.
2: It was there when I first got there. I showed up when the team had just went five and six lost to Virginia in a gut wrenching game. I was listening to on the radio. Oh, I don't, don't bring this, don't
1: bring this memory.
0: That was a Billy. I remember the game. I was there.
2: Uh, Right. So I, I I just uh, watched this on the radio. I'm coming in the next, I'm coming in next year. And we go five and six And the crowd is the crowd showed up for that. I want to say that was temple first game of the season. you got to win in here. It's it's not like a Michigan where they're going to sell out every home stadium game for 305 in a row, whatever crazy number it is since like 1975. You just don't have the – you don't have the – excuse me, you don't have the fan base here. You just don't. As much as everybody here wants it to be, it just isn't here. You have to be a product of winning here. And I get it, and I don't get it. So it's hard to pinpoint. There's not like a coach you could bring in here. There's not a. There's not some five-star recruit that's going to make guys just show up. You know, families just show up on a Saturday when their kids are doing a soccer game or playing in Pee Wee somewhere. You got to win games. And so that is also why the Purdue game was so important because, okay, yes, it was family weekend, so you're going to have more attendance just because of that parents come to see their kids for their first year here in college or or second or third year but it was a noon game and i'm out there at like 10 o'clock walking the parking lot just talking to people and it was twice as many people that has been at any game this season at home so then on my my anxiety is building up because I'm like, they have to capitalize on this. They have to snowball this momentum. They have some momentum right now. This is a big game. There's a lot of people here. You pull this one out and you go to Indiana, you go to Northwestern, or excuse me, when you come home to Northwestern, homecoming is going to be humongous. So I hope the loss of Purdue didn't hurt that attendance that could have shown up at Northwestern, but we'll see. It's, I mean, it's just not, been historically a great football fan base I don't know how else to say it so if you want people to change their plans on Saturday they want to think they're coming to see a W
4: is there a guy or two on this team who outside of the household names Talia and all these guys who's really caught your eye since you're 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 really watching every play kind of unfold any younger guys or guys you really like you know unsung kind of guys so I'll try to get
2: to the unsung guys, but I, I can't have that conversation without saying Bo Braid on defense is safety, right? You lose Nick Cross, third round pick, and Jordan Bosley, two safeties, and everybody's thinking, what are we gonna do at safety? And Bo Braid is a beast. He's a tackle machine, he's fearless, he'll he'll he does no, has no regard for his body when he's trying to make a tackle, which I appreciate and I respect because you that wouldn't be me. I'm not doing I'm not doing that. Not doing that. <laughs> and he's not just a tackle guy. He'll, he he makes plays and coverage. He's probably, like, if I had to pick a guy, he's my favorite guy on defense. And it's, and it's just his mentality of play. So he's awesome. I love him. He's And he's tricky, right? Because he's going to be a guy that's going to hopefully go to the combine. And he's not going to run a 4-3 like Nick Cross. And he's not going to jump 42 inches. And he's not going to bench 225 22 times but he can play football so he's going to be a guy that i'm going to watch and hope makes it in the next level because i think he deserves it and he's just a good football player and it is can the scouts overlook his measurables i mean i'm not saying he's slow by any means but he's not going to blow anybody off the charts like nick frost yeah. did and, yeah. he, and go third round right so he's one on defense uh Jay sean barham the freshman has impressed the last couple of weeks. He started the season, we never called his name. He never made a tackle. So I was nervous. I was like, man, this is our biggest defensive recruit, and he's, he's getting quality play at time, but he's not making any tackles. He's clearly had like a true freshman growing the first yeah. four games, and yeah. he's, he's involved now. Now, Reuben Hippolyte's been injured for the last three weeks, that's increased his reps, increases his chance for tackles. But he's also leading the team in sacks and TFL. So he's clearly a good player for Maryland as a true freshman. I look forward to seeing him more. Tarheeb still on defense. I mean, I guess he's kind of a flashy name. He's not an underdog. But he's the most versatile versatile guy there. Now, the problem with him is he hurt his finger like second week. He cut it. He had to get surgery on his tendon. He's been playing with a cast since Mich- Sorry, since SMU and he's the guy that you put in the nickel, he can get involved in a run game, he can make tackles, you can blitz him, and he can cover the slot. Well, they couldn't do that with him for since week 2 because of his injury because they're like we can't put this guy in there to try and make tackles on nickel cuz he can't wrap up. He's having a hard time covering guys, so they've tried to keep playing him but and I know I know from his perspective he's probably so frustrated because he he's like a shell of himself out there. He's like physically running healthy, but he's not I couldn't play play DB with a cast on my hand. Like, how am I supposed to tackle somebody? I've I've watched him try to tackle people and not use his arm, and it's affected him. I've watched him try to cover people, and it's affected him. I think last week he finally started playing the the nickel again in the slot. They try to get him involved. So hopefully moving forward, he's better. Uh, If I went to offense, unsung. Unsung's hard there because they're. Uh, I mean, let Corey Daitis.
4: Corey Daitis for all the so, hype about the receivers, he's been their best. Right. Uh,
2: That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah you got to go with Corey Daitis, yeah. especially he had play of the year so far. Oh, in the game! So good. Oh God, I was so it was so good. <laughs> if you get, I don't know, I I told Johnny that I can re- expect my official written reprimand for my <laughs> outburst during the play. Like I didn't even let Johnny finish the call. <laughs> he's like. He calls the pass. just catches it. And once the guy – once he starts dragging the guy for 12 yards and Giant didn't even get a chance to say touchdown, I just started yelling
0: because,
2: <laughs> I mean, it was the play of the year. So, hopefully, I don't – you know, they don't deduct my pay on Tuesdays <laughs> nah. for that. Yeah, I, I thought my <laughs> went,
0: That yeah, kind of passion is good, man. you
1: are going to get him. Right, because, I, I mean, otherwise,
2: right, Leah – we know about Leah. The offensive line all returned nobody's really playing out of their minds at receiver like I would expect. And so, yeah, it has to be digest because Roman Hemby did. I mean, Roman Hemby came out of nowhere. I'll say that because I, everybody, not everybody, I thought it would be Colby McDonald was going to start the season the way the season ended. Yeah. But coach Loxley and those guys said that Roman Hemby was the best player without the ball at running back. And that's why they gave him the starting nod because I guess the running part was even. And then they were obviously correct on that. He's, he's a good player. He's five tools. He can run, he can catch, and he can pass protect, which is the most important. If you want to play the position, you can't just be out there on first, second down. Then they know you're getting the ball, right? If you're, if you're the only running back that shows up on first, second down, you don't show up on third. That means we're passing the ball on third because you're not in. Yeah. So right. that's been a good surprise that he's a full – scale back and he's and he's done well
4: hey steve
1: before you we let you go i want to have a a quick fun one here so you played football under basically these same guys right Locks was there you know Locks is a fridge disciple when you watch them play offense now how does it compare to what you guys were running back in the early 2000s
2: i'm upset <laughs> I should it's I, fun, right? <laughs> I, well, I should have been in this style offense. <laughs> yeah. I probably would have had 80 catches and a thousand yards in this like <laughs> spread out offense because I mean Ralph just didn't have this type of spread type type vibe. I mean, we ran spreads, right? We would run two by two or three by one, but it wasn't the objective wasn't to get the ball to somebody like myself quickly. It was just to spread somebody out and run a five step drop, and we have this route combination to work. I would like to think that if I was on this team right now and Loxley was the head coach, that they would be dialing up, you know, 10 plays a game specifically just to get me the rock quickly so that my 4 3 could be a 4 3. And what is it now? I, I, what's that?
4: <laughs> what's the 4 3 now?
2: Oh my gosh. I think I got a torn meniscus in my left knee right now. I'm probably a four, eight and a half.
4: That's pretty good. Well, it's probably a four, Probably it's probably back yeah. to a four,
1: six after a margarita or two, though, right? Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll probably run 28 yards and think I ran 40 and be like, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's
2: it. I think the offense is just spread out. I was born a generation too early.
0: <laughs> hey, Steve, when we have people on the show – We end it with a fill in a I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? I love it. Here we go. The best wide receiver in Maryland history is?
2: G. Roy Simon.
0: Woo! Not what I've expected in the top ten, maybe. That's a beautiful call. The best kick returner in Maryland history is? Corey Smith. What? Okay, he has a good argument. You're right. Who's number yep. two then? Uh, I'm not going to say me. Oh, ben ben Come on, he is. that's not so funny. As you funny do. Okay, number he's going to drop. He's going to drop Jermaine Lewis on <laughs> now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I should have said Jermaine. Will
0: yeah. Will, <laughs> Will Likely is the other candidate. There, right? Your <laughs> yeah. best play. I, Go ahead, sorry. I would say
2: Will. Or I would say Will Likely for farm return. He can. He can have one there.
0: Okay. Your best <laughs> right. play in the 2004 Gator Bowl was.
2: Mm, the pump return. And well, I'll say why go ahead. I know. I know you want me to say the catch.
0: I w- that's what I was. That's what I was. Yeah, go ahead. But
2: I will say the pump return. And this is why. Never done this before in my career. And I don't know why I caught this vibe. But right before they punted me the ball, I'm on the sideline and I look at Bruce Perry and for whatever reason, I just had a feeling I said, Bruce, I'm taking this to the house. <laughs> and I, and we went and out did. there and took it to the house. So just because I had that little precursor of the play, <laughs> that's my favorite play. But I mean, yeah, the
1: catch number the one, the fourth on
2: center, yeah. The but I mean, one A, one B. I mean, I can't go yeah. wrong with either one of them. And that
1: punt, that punt return, man, that was a convoy, dude. That was a team play, like all yeah, oh yeah. All I mean, I that.
0: didn't
2: like like so. My my favorite return is probably like Tennessee in the people, and I didn't even score. Or maybe at West Virginia, my first year, two thousand two. Those were better returns. I didn't do anything in the like Gator Bowl one. It's just if I didn't say, if I didn't look at Bruce and say, "Hey, this is going to the house," and then it goes to the house, and I look like some, you know, like Nostradamus, calling like, your shot. Yeah, I'm calling my <laughs> shot here, like Babe Bruce, Like if that didn't happen, it it wouldn't have been in my top. It put it wouldn't have been in my top five, and the catch would have won for sure.
0: Well, there was another punt return in the Gator Bowl that was insane. You ran around for about 30 yards, but only got like. A two-yard two. return <laughs> yeah, yeah. you made about ten guys miss. Yeah, that was I was in a way more, more impressive than the, re- yeah. the TD too.
2: I was talking trash to all those guys too. I'm like, yeah, none of y'all can tackle me.
1: <laughs> Dude, y'all just <laughs> y'all just owned that team in that era so badly. Good.
2: Yeah, yeah you it. did. Sorry,
1: I cut you off. How many? Did we only do
2: four. Numbers We've done
0: three. Number four. Three. The best word to describe the officiating. Against Maryland in Big Ten games this year is warm beer. <laughs> warm beer? Shitty. It's horrible. Okay, yeah, it's horrible. Okay. Warm beer
4: is horrible.
0: Okay, I got it. I got it. All right. Last one. Your favorite frozen alcoholic drink is
4: <laughs>
2: ah, it's gotta be old margarita here. There we go.
0: All right. Gave you the easy one, last. I knew you were coming with that. You you warned me. <laughs> yeah thanks boys i also called nad lib because I, one of these was about your 40 yard time and jeff stole that from me right before yeah
2: that's, <laughs> okay. that's one was in cold field house on cold field house four three five electric time on the on cold cold field house we ran the 40 on the basketball court.
0: that's what uh-huh. i wrote that's down awesome. you, you ran it a four three five 40 yard dash that's what i had yeah steve we asked one more thing if everybody comes on the show could you do us a favor and say this is Steve Suter and you're listening to IMS Radio.
2: This is Steve Suter and you're listening to IMS Radio.
0: Thank you Steve. Thank you. Thanks, it's great having you on. You Absolute it. Terps legend. We love hearing you on the radio and everything. Thanks. Thank you, for, sir. Thanks for joining us. Danny Come back, back soon. Thanks Steve.
2: See you
0: boys. All right. That was Steve. That was good, man. If you're into funny. if you're into hardcore deep football discussion, that was the interview for you, man. He was, he was going deep diving into that stuff,
1: dude. I I love that so much. My, again, I, I talk it up, talking him up last week. But like, uh, Coach Tooch on the insidemerrillswartz message boards, who breaks down all those plays, and like, when you're not somebody who's played football before, like getting that kind of insider. You know, look at like why something works versus why it doesn't work. Man, it's so cool. Yeah, and just so much fun for me.
0: Yeah, Jeff, you you still I was like no because that was one of my that was my (laughs) fill in the blank. I the one I made up on the spot was the one about the officiating. So, but that worked out. The warm beer, warm beer. Wait a minute, that's two words, cheater. (laughs) Yeah, I did say the best word, but that's okay. That's cool. Yeah, that was was fun. I like that
1: doing the dad thing, chilling yep. out. Like, man, we've all been there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, while well, while I got a lot of people in the in the chat here chat room here with us, please do us a favor: subscribe to the show. If you're watching and if you're listening, next time you hit YouTube, do us a favor. Search for yeah, like, IMS like, Radio.
1: Liking this video is good. Subscribing to the IMS Radio page is better. Yes, that's please. How, Thank you, guys.
4: Subscribing to InsideMDSports.com is godly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Look, you make enough money, man. Let, let
4: some of us right. get some crumbs over here.
0: Steve's interview went nearly a half an hour. We were planning on 15 minutes. So I'm sure we're not going to cut the yeah. basketball right. Sorry, recruiting. Sorry, guys.
1: No basketball recruiting
0: tonight. We're not going to cut week. that. We're not going to cut that, though. Here, we got to jump into that. That was an abrupt segue there, but I'm no Johnny Holiday. We're going to jump right into it. Jeff, Mohamed Diabate is committing to Maryland this weekend, correct?
4: I honestly don't know, man. It's really quiet right now. You know, I talked to somebody over in Maryland today. It sounds like there's, you know, cautious optimism, but I'm not sure if they know. You never like it when you're not the last visit. But Alabama also has a couple of commits who are similar to him, so you wonder if that's a factor. I think Virginia Tech's still involved. They must obviously think they are because they sent a coach out to see him today. So, right. I mean, I assume some things will start to come out. He's going to announce. Um, he's going to announce on twenty four seven Sports YouTube page. I believe it's Friday. Is it Sunday or
1: Friday? Maybe Sunday. It Sunday.
4: Just came out right as we were getting ready yeah. to. The show. Adam Finkelstein tweeted it Um, Sunday, Sunday. Okay. So he'll announce on Sunday, but right now it's quiet. We'll see between then and now and then usually some info leaks out, but percent
0: chance, Jeff, there are three finalists. What's Maryland 33 and even third. Yeah, probably right now. I just honestly don't know, man. He's he's
4: gone into, he he would talk a lot in the past. I would, he was very good talker lately. You know, he
0: hasn't been, Interested in doing interviews. So that's a bad sign because it always seems like the school that's out of it is the one that doesn't know. And the ones who are in are the ones that say we're getting them. There's a lot of truth to that, unless the school that's getting him
4: does know and they're just not putting it out yet, which is always a possibility. Oh,
0: everybody, everybody's saying they don't know.
4: That's a good, no, that's an astute
0: observation. It is
4: when the team, when the school doesn't know, it's usually not them.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if the Bama and you know uh, Virginia Tech guys are you know talking and talking like they they've got them, that's one thing. But if nobody knows, then nobody knows, right? I don't think so. either
4: one of those guys even know what a basketball is, so they're probably not <laughs> sweating it too much.
1: Fair enough. I mean, and look, here's the thing: like the idea was, you hope you get one of Diabate or or Papa Conte, right? You get one of those guys, that's a solid, you know. Solid get and the the kind of sit back and see what Derek Queen wants to do. Honestly, if they don't get Diabate, that sucks. But at least he's going to decide in mid October. But like most of these guys' seasons haven't even begun yet. So, you know, if you need to go search for another group of bigs to go after, at least he gives you. You know, you're getting some time here. You know, for for a backup situation to work, and it's not like you know mid February and you're scrambling as going usual. The
4: portal you can not people forget because you're so excited that you got. Jamie Kaiser and, and these other guys locked up early. So you're like, all right, who are we getting next? But the reality is the portal is like, you know, a huge shopping spree. You know, it's like Amazon.com for basketball recruits. Everybody's in the damn portal over here. So, you know, if they don't get him, there'll be a lot of other guys. But obviously you would like to you put a lot of time in him. He fits well. He has some things that you're missing on the roster. And especially Conte looking like he's probably going to Michigan you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't love to go into there, but it's also a lot easier to recruit local guys. You know, they got those three local guys. It gets harder when you're recruiting guys who have no ties to the area and a lot of other schools after them. So these guys were going to be tougher to get than, than the locals all along, but, you know, we'll
0: just see. Any other pressing hot topic issues on the recruiting front right now? Uh, Derek Queen is visiting this
4: weekend, long awaited official visit. Uh, So that's a big one. He said last week or two weeks ago that he's not going to reclassify to 2023. We'll wait and see on that. I'm not really buying that until I actually see it happen. If you're a guy like him, I don't see any reason to stay in high school for an extra year if you don't have to, right? You're not gaining anything. You're not getting better coaching. You're not getting any NIL money, which he'll demand. He'll command a lot. And you're not getting a year closer to hopefully getting to the NBA. So we'll see other, you know, nobody knows for sure what he'll do with that, but uh, so he's coming in Maryland also has two other really good uh, 2024 recruits visiting this week. I actually posted a story on the site about that. So they continue to to bring in high level recruits uh, almost to the point where it's like, who do you decide who you really want in 2024? Cause there's so many good local players. I mean, there's, there's like probably a dozen guys you could, you would love to get. So so that'll be interesting. You have twelve spots, Jeff. Just take them all. Just kick everybody else off the team. Just well, I
1: mean, I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about that. Do you think they go for five or maybe even six, depending on how the roster works out? I mean, you're
4: this year or twenty-four next year, twenty-four. Um, they're losing a lot of people because the roster the roster movement is so uh, unpredictable. But yeah, I mean, with that many players, the problem obviously, or not problem, but slight challenge is. You just brought in these three guys everybody thinks it's the future. So anybody who's coming in behind them is going to be like, you know, how big is my opportunity here when you just brought in these building block guys. So especially guards, because they're all guards, it's going to be a little tougher. So focus is a little bit more on, on forwards and big men, I would say, for that class. I don't think six, but with so many good options, if they can get them, yeah, I mean, five maybe, just depending on who's coming and going. Because you could, be, could
1: imagine, you could imagine this whole roster turning over after the season, right? I mean, other than, you know, I mean, who's who's
4: uh, maybe, you know, maybe you get Juju back for another year, but probably not. I yeah, mean, it depends. You know, it depends. Um, obviously, how good of a season he has. I think he, to me, corner, he's probably uh, yeah, cor- three year player, but nobody like him considers himself a three year player, which people might think is silly based on the fact that he didn't put up much numbers, a lot of numbers last year. But when you come in as a 6'10 recruit, top 50, everybody's hyping you. You have perimeter skills that a lot of people, ball handling skills. Nobody's thinking about three years. So it depends how he does. And then those bench guys, if a few of them don't distinguish themselves, then you got to think that they'll move on. Uh, But it's always unpredictable. I think it's even more unpredictable with this team because these bench guys, nobody knows who's going to be good and how good and who's going to not be good enough.
1: Yeah, uh, just you could imagine a situation where you really could end up with a, a 23 and a 24 class where you're, you got five and five or four and five or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I get the feeling Willard would probably prefer to bring in freshmen as opposed to hitting the portal hard oh, yeah. every year. But I mean, yeah, actually,
4: that's funny you say that. He talked about that at Big Ten meet today. He said he basically said he used the portal last year because he had to. It was too late to get any high school kids. And but that's not going to be how he builds the program. And he specifically said he's going to build the program through local recruiting. He said local, but uh, but there's so many elite, not quite elite Queen is in that elite level, but borderline elite guy. Kanai Ruths, uh, is you know, he was a five star early in his career, now he's a little low, but he's still huge upside. At, he's at IMG Academy with Jamie Kaiser, he's visited once, and then Darren Harris is you know, he might only be ranked. 40 something, but Duke wants him. And that tells, I mean, that's, that says it all because they're just recruiting at an obscene level. Um, so there's those guys, there's a couple of guys they got coming in along with Queen uh, there's, you know, the list is really long in 24. So that, that's going to be really interesting.
1: Well, I certainly like that comment just cause I, I think there's some lessons to be learned about uh, say a Jameer young, right? You know, a guy who, who was a, he was a starter at DeMatha, but he wasn't a, jump off your you know he was not a highly recruited player but these guys are playing the WCAC like they can ball so like you get a guy who's maybe a little too short you know maybe doesn't quite fit your profile right these are still guys you can build a program with so like if that's your fourth or fifth recruit in a class who's willing to stick around for a couple years that could turn into a really good player and I I kind of wonder whether you could really just sit back and be like yeah we're gonna build a DMV you know program like yeah, I mean, we're gonna, you know, the you know, Villanova did a lot of that. that Chris Jenkins, right? He was what six five big man, right? But he just says, like, "Screw it, I don't care." He's a baller, and that worked out well for him and well for Villanova. So I, I kind of wonder whether whether they take a look at just like you know, instead of maybe some of these other reaches who might have the measurables, picking out some of these guys who are just ballers who might be missing you know, a couple inches here or, or maybe aren't the best shooter in the world kind of thing to fill out the programs and, and kind of build a bench that can actually be developed. And I don't know. That's just something. I heard
0: that,
4: too. you got to have it, you it, your program, guys. you got to have your program, guys.
0: Yeah. When the season starts in about a month. Today's the 12. Less than a month. Less than a month. Well, the,
4: the,
1: the midnight run is tonight. That is Wednesday night. Oh, um, we were going to do that. We November were going to do that. And then and, we
0: realize we're old and we can't run a mile.
1: Yeah, there's no way I would need. I need to steal my my kids' like electric scooter. And don't <laughs> don't think for a second that I wouldn't. Um, it'd, but it'd I, be
0: fun I, to be there,
1: though. I've always wanted to broadcast live from that. So maybe maybe Next we'll do one one of these years. We'll we'll get our shit together and if and we're not that. dead. Yeah, try to try to keep breathing. In the in I the got morbid.
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> hey, aren't there, there are two secret scrimmages, Jeff, not so secret yes. scrimmages. Do you, Villanova okay to, and
4: Virginia. It seems like they always scrimmage Villanova.
0: Yeah. Uh, what
4: are the Villanova dates Villanova. again for those? Oh, you stump me on that one. I wrote it the other day. I don't remember. Did. I think they're soon. They're, they're soon towards off. the
1: end of the month, I think. I, yeah. I thought, Like they have the, they have another open practice this Saturday, and I think they play. One like the next
4: Saturday, and one I think on a weeknight, but I don't. I don't
1: Do you
0: get press passes to that, Jeff? To the secret scrimmages? No, they,
4: they don't. It's, it's called. It's not quite secret, like it's called, but they're not
0: letting anybody. It's,
1: in. it's not public either. No. <laughs> I'm
4: very weird about those.
0: I was gonna say, I'm in Virginia. I could, you know, if you nah. wanted an IMS presence at the game. Honestly,
1: you could probably just walk in the door. I mean, most of those college buildings is,
4: are open. As as in the big scheme of thing, as of things as pointless as a secret scrimmage is if we have video of a secret scrimmage if we get so many views like people, <laughs> stuff like that man it, that's people love that stuff people
1: but are fiending people are fiending for basketball if i time. go
0: in and i'm like filming to get on my phone you think they're gonna like kick me oh, out you'll get kicked out immediately yes
1: yeah. yep 100 percent.
0: yeah you I don't, good story I, though I don't want that. yeah you good Hopefully story we'll at least be able to
4: gather some of the stats and it's such. good for the radio yeah. show Find out who, who
1: looked good and um. yeah is it, is it is it Rothstein who usually jumps in on the on the stats and the the breakdowns oh like yeah, yeah he, how uh, does he get them
4: that's right that's
1: like
0: how does he know. get the stats if nobody can be
1: there Uh he's got he's insisted coaches, coaches. IDs. yeah and... coaches yeah
0: all right less than a month till basketball that's good we still have good football left hopefully
1: please don't lose this weekend please don't you want lose. to you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about things,
0: off the rails. Yeah,
1: you want to talk about uh, the potential for for some sadness. They lose this one. Mm-hmm. We're back to a chase six, but let's let's just let's just hope that's that's not going to
4: happen. No, they win by they win by fourteen or more. I think so too. But yeah, it sucks. Maryland knows they have to win it. They'll be focused.
1: I would imagine they will be focused after last week. I, I hope I, so. I would, I would certainly more than they would have been if they won that game and started feeling themselves a little bit.
0: And we have now come to Paul's favorite segment of the show. We got a non-rev report from Wheels. Here we go. Oh, we
3: already did that. Hey everyone, this is Wheels with your IMS non-rev sports report. Let's start with the second-ranked field hockey team, a team that's really on a roll after knocking off two top-five nationally ranked teams on the road last week in Iowa and Northwestern. The Terps have now blown out Georgetown and Indiana in successive games by a combined 16-1 score. They play 17th-ranked Rutgers this coming Sunday. The men's soccer team hasn't lost a game since September 2nd, and they're sitting atop the Big Ten rankings right now. The 7th-ranked Terps welcome Wisconsin on Friday in a game you can see on ESPNU at 5 p.m. Women's soccer finds itself in a big losing skid, five games right now. They're heading out on the road to Columbus to try and break that streak on Thursday. Finally, women's volleyball is right in the middle of its grinder of a Big Ten schedule. They've started the conference season so far at 1-5. and They're on the road at Northwestern and at number 11 Purdue this weekend. And that's your IMS Non-Rev Sports Report. This is Wheels. Take care, everyone. I
4: actually watched the Maryland women's volleyball game a few weeks ago. My dad is like, I was visiting my parents, and somehow he's become this women's volleyball. It's dude. getting he's really popular. It. He watches it in just amazement, and he keeps tells me over and over, "I just don't know how they do that." Like I don't know how they do it either. It is crazy, but it's I watch them. And they're getting really popular. Contest. It is, and or Michigan State, and then they were looking good, and then they just completely I, fell apart. I think
0: if like, why don't you write? It? Aren't
4: you going to write that? You don't think people would get? I'm
0: like, no. Nah. He's like, how many <laughs> people do you think will read it. I was like, women's volleyball gets pretty good readings. Oh, Big Ten,
4: yeah, yeah. Big Ten it's Network. Just, it's
1: it's I relative, it. you know, I if, did,
0: if people would read it, we, we'd write that. We'd write wrestling. It's just, um, well, tell Wheels to write a women's volleyball report, and we'll see what happens. You'll you'll judge the numbers. We'll see.
4: One thousand views tops,
0: which is and a very For those nice. of you, for those of you on the radio who can't see, it was very funny during Wheels' report. Paul held up his cell phone with the podcast app up showing people how to advance 30 seconds at a time so there you Just go trying trying to
1: help the people man M-
0: maybe you did that maybe you did that and you jumped uh, you maybe you were yeah, maybe you jumped too far and marty <laughs> you jumped a minute into the future all right we're going to end the show with a segment called convince me you guys are going to have to role play as someone or something marilyn related and convince me of something Maryland related. Jeff, we'll start with you. You are Shalik Knotts. I am Mike Loxley. Convince me why you deserve more playing time. I
4: mean, I'd say, coach, you know, look at these receivers. They were, you know, so hyped preseason, best in the Big Ten, best in, and they're putting up good numbers, but nobody's been uh, consistently explosive. And I had a, I almost broke a a long 50 yarder, made a diving almost catch the other day. It was a better throw. It was Talia, you know, he's – as an aside, he feel, it feels like his deep ball hasn't been quite as uh, reliable this year. That's true. But yeah. I would say you know, Demas obviously isn't quite his, his himself yet, so let me get some of those reps.
1: Maryland needs okay. a long ball threat on the outside. That's what Demas was before, but he ain't right now. It could be Shaleek. Although, to be fair, I, I I watched Shaleek a couple times and he was having trouble figuring out where he was supposed to line up in the split, so.
4: Yeah. None of those – Jarrett's not putting up – Big numbers, either none of those guys. I mean, part of the the biggest reason for that is they're spreading it around so much. I mean, this guy gets 10 carries, he gets 10 carries, he gets two catches. Both tight ends are getting three catches, so that's a big part of it. But they're they're subbing a lot,
1: yeah, but they're not across the board,
0: and maybe that's why they're not performing as well. Too much,
1: it could be too much, too much. Uh, you know, I keep the guys fresh, obviously, you know,
4: everybody has hard to keep that many guys happy when you have, Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, Paul, you are Kevin Willard. I am Derek Queen. Convince me why I should commit to play at Maryland in 2023.
1: I would like you to play at Maryland in 2023 because we can pay you some money. And you're not getting paid money in high school. Well, you may be getting some paid some money in high school, but not as much as we're willing to give you with our brand new NIL program. Um, And we can help get you ready for the league. You'll be my first premier big time stud recruit with a bunch of local kids that you already know some with you played with and we'll go win some games and you can send you off to the NBA in a year or two.
0: Not bad. I think the money part of it, show me the money, right?
1: Show me the money. I mean, look, if you're going to, if you're going to play the game, play the game. And you know, for, again, for, for all of the talk we've, we've, we've discussed here over and over, but on NIL, there were times when, back in the day, Maryland was willing to play the game. So if you're willing to play the game back then, you should be able to do it now when it's legal. That's how Is Jerry
4: that, got Parrish Brown and, and, and Dave Neal, right?
1: That's right. And Sterling Ledbetter that.
0: and, uh, you know. Parrish Brown was a. Shane Clark. Shane, Cl- show, Shane right? Clark. Shane Clark. Yeah, him he money. was. Yeah.
4: Parrish Brown. To... How did he become a uh, IMS radio meme?
0: What was this? I, I don't, don't remember I... what the context was. I don't remember, but we even had the audio clip about Parrish. That was Parrish. It was a whole thing. I can find that right now, we'll do oh it. Oh,
1: God, that's digging deep in the memory hole Wait, right deep.
0: Yeah. Jeff, you are an NFL scout. I am Talia Tungavailoa. Convince me of what my best option is for next season. Oof. So you go back to college, enjoy yourself, because
4: you're probably not an NFL quarterback. You don't have the size. I don't necessarily t- to do it. On the other hand, if we're being honest, I might tell them take your shot now because you're not going to get any taller or any younger.
0: Okay.
1: Take a look at Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we've been some small
0: guys who have been performed up there. I don't know. Be good for Maryland if you came back. Paul, you are CQ Field at Maryland Stadium, and I am the Maryland fan base. Convince me why I should occupy your seats during football games. Man, that's tough. Tell them to to fill you
4: up, Paul. (laughs) Fill me up, boy. Um,
1: (laughs) I don't know, man. I mean, look, it's a Saturday. Weather's been nice. Who wouldn't want to come watch some football? Maryland's been winning football games. Yes, they lost last week, but they won all the other ones at home. Most of the stadium seats are empty and the, all the good seats are empty, or not all the good seats, plenty of good seats are empty. So come fill them. You're not, you barely even have to pay the yeah, aftermarket. You don't even have to pay uh, actual cost of them. Just come down, spend 20 bucks a seat watching football on a Saturday. It's a nice way to spend a day. That's all. Mm. And look, if you're a Commanders fan, like you want to talk about wasting money and time? Like, why would you even bother? Like, come, come be a Maryland fan. It's not worse than that. It's I better. promise
4: you it's not worse than that. I'm yes. taking my son to Buffalo Wild Wings every, for every single Commander's game, and he's so diehard he won't give it up. I'm like, dude, oh, mean, it's, not, it's not worth doing this anymore.
1: You were talking about something that backfired, right? Yeah, <laughs> there you <laughs> go.
0: I poisoned him, totally poisoned yeah. him. Jeff, you are Jeff Ehrman, and I am a Maryland fan that does not subscribe to Inside Maryland Sports. Convince me why I should. Oh, because,
4: you know, it's a no-brainer. Everybody who subscribes loves it. Not a single person has ever canceled their subscription in uh, how long? What's it been? 2005. That's when it, Can you believe that? In yeah. 17 years. No, I'm just kidding. Lots of people canceled over years. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say. That can't be true. Yeah, I was just waiting for the punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's if you love Maryland, there's no better way to spend your work day, you know, reading about Maryland and talking on the – What are you going to do? Work instead of that? Like, and you know, we I think we do a good job of consistently cranking out information you won't get anywhere else. So, I, to me, it's I'm always honestly, I'm a little personally offended by people who followed me forever and not subscribe, but you know, yeah, or at least
1: think, think, uh, think about the things you'll spend nine bucks a month on. Yeah, like, seriously, it's uh, yeah. it's like two <laughs> gallons of gas, thirty cents a day. It's <laughs> like, like a Big Mac and fries.
4: But people don't, you know, I get it. People don't like um, recurring subscriptions. Something internally bothers us about them hitting that hitting that bank account every month. So, you know, I get that. But you could have it hit once a year, right?
0: Yes, and you save money, save a lot of money That's that way. Right. Paul, you are Looney's Pub. And I am every Maryland fan. Convince me why I should come visit you on November 19th, Ohio State game. Oh, did I miss something? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you
1: know what? That's actually when we have uh, the uh, Pittsburgh, uh, University of Pittsburgh fan club uh, taking Ooh. over the bar. Uh, oh, so, you know, we might have room for one or two of you, I guess, because oh, okay. that's what we do. But, um, Larry is hinting at a thing that we might do if Maryland's football team doesn't doesn't suck so bad in the next couple weeks.
4: Purdue a win against Purdue would have made it. I, I felt like that would have put us on the path to to wanting to do it, but still, still we're, in the realm. We're talking about it.
1: To, it's being discussed, is all I'm saying. It's all being discussed.
0: We're
1: Keep it in the back of your head. It's like right before Thanksgiving. Nobody's working that week. It's an away game. People and wouldn't want to watch. No, no,
0: It's a home game. Oh,
4: shit. It is a home game. I don't know. Invariably, Larry will ask me if I can get Mike Loxley as a guest. Like, no, I,
0: yes. I know. On, I, no, on, no, on no. game day. I will tell you who I'm going to ask for Kevin Willard, Scott Van Pelt, Damon Evans. Those three for sure. Yeah. Make it happen.
1: No big deal. Boom.
0: And I'll get Walt because we get Walt every time. <laughs>
1: And and it's worth it. We always need Walt. Always down. We always need Walt. Yeah. All right. Let's leave these people alone.
0: All right. Steve Suter, thank you for joining the show. I doubt he's still listening. But anyway, (laughs) if you guys want to follow him on Twitter, he doesn't do much there. But he is Suter underscore Steve. So give him a follow there. Definitely listen to him on the radio. That passion. Yeah. The passion (laughs) he brought today. Talking about the team. You can hear that when he's on the radio call with Johnny. So thanks to him for joining. And if they don't lose next week, I assume we'll be back. If they lose, maybe we'll... Yeah, I don't, we might have to hide under our couches <laughs> we'll for take a while. We'll take the temperature of the fan base. Yeah. but They're not losing. Hopefully we'll be back next Wednesday.
1: Jeff, just guaranteed to win. Just saying. Jeff,
0: guaranteed to win. If they lose, guaranteed. you can blame him unsubscribe. All right, guys, (laughs) we will see you guys next week. This is IMS radio.